Hello and welcome to Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast, a podcast where we discuss all things relating to your well-being, including interviews with experts in the fields of nutrition, physical health, mental health, and my 5-minute food facts series. I am Amanda Hayes, your host, a nutritionist with a passion for well-being. Before I introduce today's guests, I will take a moment to let you know that you can subscribe to my podcast on YouTube, hit the red subscribe button, or on your favorite podcast app, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I will also mention that although I will often be speaking with experts, any information or advice provided in Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast is not intended to be used to treat, cure, or prevent injuries or medical conditions, and is not a substitute for advice from your own health professional. Today, I am here with Carmel Taylor. Carmel is a yoga teacher and a stretch therapist. Carmel is one of the kindest and warmest people I have ever met. Just being in her presence makes me feel very calm and happy. Hi, Carmel. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. And as I mentioned in the introduction, Carmel is a yoga teacher and a stretch therapist. Can you tell us a bit about your path to becoming a yoga teacher? Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, I guess I came across yoga when I was about 19 after sort of getting a little tired of the the party scene and drinking way too much alcohol as you do as a teenager. um, Myself and my boyfriend, who's now my husband, um, were just exploring, you know, what else is there out there? And we came across martial arts and took to that. And um, our coach uh, in that program recommended we take up meditation. Oh, wow. So as the universe then provided uh, a lovely meditation teacher who's now one of my very good friends, Gopala Dasi, uh, she was uh, giving some free meditation classes in the local area. So we went along and I absolutely loved it, loved the philosophy behind oh, it all and took to it like a duck out of water, uh, in water, sorry, <laughs> not out of water. And um, then followed on from that, she also uh, was teaching yoga classes. And back then it was like, you know, a very, very hippie thing to yeah, do. Yeah, it was. Um, so I started going along to those and, uh, yeah, really enjoying that whole um, experience, body, mind and soul, that beautiful connection that you get yeah. through yoga. And it, it really wasn't till much later um, after, you know, my husband uh, and I had uh, four children and they grew up um, and they left home. Two of them became yoga teachers because wow. we used to practice as a family. And they were on to me about becoming a yoga teacher. And um, I was already busy loving my career in the swimming industry mm-hmm. and um, had no intention of becoming a, a yoga instructor. And it wasn't till um, a very good influential friend of mine that when she says something to you, you take notice. And oh, she said, and I still hear her words today mm-hmm. saying, Carmel, you know you'd make a very good yoga instructor. And it landed with me. And I thought, okay, I need to do this. Yeah, you know? and maybe the timing was just right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you were going in with your eyes open in that you'd been practicing yoga for a long time. For sure. For sure, but standing up in front of people, actually oh, yes. directing the class, and you know, uh, having some responsibility for how they're uh, moving and and working in that class is a whole different ballgame oh, to sure being on the mat and just being worried about you know, am I breathing? Yes. Am I moving in the right way? So, 
I've always wondered with yoga classes, do you plan the class beforehand? I generally have a theme. When you first start mm. um, you know, um, teaching yoga classes, absolutely, you are working off a piece of paper. I yeah. certainly did you know, for the first six months and followed what I'd written down to a T. And then gradually you, um, you know, with experience, you become more intuitive. So mm-hmm. I always have a, a class plan in mind where I'm aiming to take people. Um, so it might be a, um, a peak pose is mm-hmm. often some instructors, how they work. So you break it down on how do I need to be able to, what do I need to loosen up? What do I need to strengthen here to bring people into this particular oh, peak right. pose? It's really cool. That's, yeah. that's just one way of doing it. Um, or maybe you have a certain intention for that class. So, uh, for, you know, today I want people to understand more about how the mind works and how they interact with the mind mm-hmm. through the poses. So there's a you know whole variety of ways. But, um, yeah, the peak pose is often a, a common one. So it allows you then, for me, more flexibility. Um, no pun on that, of course. <laughs> but when people walk in and suddenly, you know, someone's come in and they – uh, they have a particular injury or, you know, there's a certain mood. Maybe mm-hmm. people are really tired tonight mm-hmm. and I'm so I might have to reevaluate what I've planned and actually really work to more loosen some stress out of um, right. people's shoulders or whatever it might be mm. they're presenting with. Um, so I find I like it that way where yes. I have more of a theme in mind. I have it broken down in my head where I'm taking them. But I have that allowance to yeah, change that. To adjust. I mean, that obviously comes with experience. If, oh, for sure. If that happened in your first ever yoga class, oh, you might have been, You don't even see it. No, no I'm sticking to my plan. <laughs> no matter what. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, can you talk a bit about uh, the benefits of having a yoga practice? Mm, very multifaceted. And mm. that's what attracted me to yoga in the first place. Uh, obviously, first is the, the physicality mm-hmm. of it. Um allowing your body to move in new ways so that you really restore that mobility um, of our joints. Because nowadays, you know, people are spending more time sitting in this very contracted position, you know, for the hip flexors, Mm. for example. So yoga allows the body to open. And I guess the whole point of that is to create space within the body. Mm The um, then the other aspect, of course, is the you know mental well being. Yes. Um, how you feel after that yoga class is you know something can be quite euphoric. You know, just um, because you've done your deep breathing while you've been moving, your mind is not on all those things that are going on for you in your yeah. life out outside, and you just feel really restored and whole. Mm. Um, yeah. So those aspects. Uh, and can anyone do yoga, do you think? You bet. Yeah. And I proved it. <laughs> okay. Um, how have you proved it? <laughs> okay. Number of ways. One uh, one aspect that I've um, really loved being able to offer, and for example, is chair yoga. Mm-hmm. So that's an offering for people who can no longer get up and down off the mat for whatever reason, whether it's injury or, or weight, carrying a lot of bulk, um, or maybe arthritis, a whole range of reasons. Mm. But in chair yoga, I can still offer all the same benefits using the support of a chair. So um, we still do our balance work, but the chair is right there for them as an aid um, and a lot of work on the chair. So and they still get those, you know, the breathing, the mental well-being, the physicality of uh, improving the movement in the body. So that's fantastic because those people probably otherwise couldn't 
participate in absolutely. yoga. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I've also worked with Paralympians, so we may have a limb missing, mm-hmm. um, uh, vision impaired. So there, I've not met anyone yet. Um, I've even known of actually some instructors um, who've done yoga, a yoga practice with someone who is bedridden. Wow. Um, so that is also possible as yeah, well. Yeah, I guess there are so many facets to yoga. As absolutely. you said, there's the mental um, yes. side of it as well. and. Another thing, there's lots of different types of yoga. Mm-hmm. Do you um, do you do a mix of them all, or do you have a specific type of yoga you like to practice or follow? Or? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, depending on what I've uh, got themed for that class yeah. and my background uh, in yoga, stretch therapy, I'm also very attracted to Japanese yoga therapy, mm-hmm. um, and I love the way that that remedies a lot of issues for example lower back pain mm-hmm. so I will tend to do a bit of a fusion of those yeah. things sometimes include some vinyasa which is more of your flowing movement so it'll again it will just go back to like I've got a whole range of tools what's my project in that class yeah. what tools are going to best serve that project and I guess a part of that is knowing who's in your class Correct. and knowing your students is absolutely. that you call them students or I do yeah. yes and, absolutely and, and what they what their capacity is and, yes. and what they want to get out of it as well absolutely as part of that can you give us some tips of how you can incorporate yoga into your daily life like mm. outside of an actual class just things people can do yeah the most the most important one is um you know breathing deeper Mm -hmm. most of us day-to-day are just breathing barely into the first third of our lungs so that impacts the the way the the chest the diaphragm moves um, and obviously um, affects our mental well-being Mm -hmm. it's a natural response when there's stress around people will take that long sigh and you hear it we need to work with taking those deeper breaths more regularly you know, take a moment away from the computer where you just sit back in the chair, lifting up nice and tall, take a long, slow, deep breath in through the nose and a long, slow breath out through the mouth. And you'll feel your shoulders relaxing down. Mm. You'll feel that that stress starts to melt away. So that's probably one of the most important things, I think. And then if you look to, for example, our animal kingdom, when they've spent the dog, for example, or cat, when they've spent some time in rest, the very first thing they do is stretch. Oh, yes. Is that where the name dog pose comes from? You bet. Yeah. And that's exactly what they do. <laughs> it's so cool. my dog does every morning. He puts his paws out. It's so cute. Exactly. Yeah. And it's intuitive. Mm. But we've lost that intuitive um, or response. We ignore it to continue yeah, on with our true. busyness. Mm. The body has an intelligence. We've just stop listening to it yeah we've suppressed it absolutely so Mm. do take those moments in your chair where for example um you can sit a little forward bring your hands onto your knees take a deep breath in lift your chest towards the ceiling Mm -hmm. gently draw the shoulders back try this that's it and then as you exhale bring your chin towards the chest arch and round the back so it's kind of like doing cat cow but in the sea deep breath in chest lifts you can even begin to lift the gaze towards the ceiling that and actually it, feels really nice. It does. Mm. It does. So just a little bit of um, movement in the spine. So lovely. And our um, uh, discs in our spine are so reliant on movement for mm. nourishment. So um, yeah, just some things like that, you know, simple. Remembering to stretch, 
after you've spent a long time sitting or maybe it's been standing that you've been doing all day. Then you need to stretch into the quads. So there's a whole range of things you can do, but try to make that a really nice, good habit that you develop. Mm. Oh, that sounds great. Mm. I'm going to try that myself. (laughs) You're also a stretch therapist. I am. So could you tell us a bit about that? I've noticed it's becoming... um, more popular I guess for want of a better word I've seen stretch classes in a few gyms now yeah so what is what does it involve and how does it differ from yoga great question and I get asked all the time (laughs) so yoga is your you know I guess big holistic movements the whole body working together Whereas stretch therapy is, I guess, more refined in that sense that you're working with a particular muscle group Mm -hmm. at a time. So, for example, uh, this morning's class, we had a big focus on shoulder mobility. So we did a whole range, maybe, oh gosh, about 12, 15 different exercises to work into the shoulder in a variety of different ways to restore that full movement back into the shoulder. So the, I guess one of the key principles of street stretch therapy is um, PNF stretching. So that's a very long word. It's mm. um, PNF stands for proprioception neural facilitation. And right. don't worry if you didn't get that. <laughs> I, I very rarely tell people that because, you know, it's like, what does that mean? It doesn't speak to me at all. PNF, parents and friends. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's what you know. Yeah. <laughs> But to simplify that, um, yeah, it's it's contract and relax of the mm-hmm. muscle. So I'll bring you into a stretch. I'll let you know what it is that we're going to be stretching. We'll then contract that muscle um, and then we let it relax. We take a deep breath in and as you exhale, you can come a little bit deeper into the stretch really safely. You're totally in control of that stretch. Mm-hmm. Um So stretch therapy, yeah, I was introduced to that. It was developed by an amazing man called Kit Lachlan, uh, an Aussie Aussie guy, uh, originally from um, Canberra. Mm -hmm. And he spent, you know, basically the last 30 plus years working on this um, stretch therapy system. Mm. Yeah, he is amazing and written a number of books as well, which are are still available. Do you Um, know what his background was? Was he a... um into yoga at all or was he an exercise physiologist yeah, or something he, or? no his background um from athlete to dancer mm. a whole range of movement modalities yeah. mm-hmm. but his key issue and i guess motivation for developing the system is he was very tight mm. so trying to be a dancer when you're you know can't do some of the stretches that you know your colleagues are doing is uh, it's like what's going on why yeah. can't i do that so he went about, you know, spending, uh, you know, a number of years researching and reading and um, spending a lot of time in Japan and, um, yeah, came up with this really fantastic system called stretch therapy. Wow. And um, I imagine it's very useful for athletes. Is that right? Like football players, for example? Yeah, you bet. Because mm. those guys, well, I mean, all of us need to, to stretch and stretch well. Mm. Um, but particularly for athletes who are, you know, really in, I guess, overuse of a particular muscle yeah. group, um, they become very tight over time. So runners, you know, a classic mm. or cyclists. Mm. Um, so, you know, opening up the hip flexors, showing them how they do that calves we've got amazing stretches for calves and it's immediate how you feel afterwards calves are one of our favorite ones uh they in class. Get very tight they do they? but yeah. after this one stretch you feel like you're walking on clouds it's wow. amazing oh that sounds incredible <laughs> well i have i have done one stretch class you with have. You, which i loved yes, it was amazing it's true do you think if 
athletes follow a stretch program, they are less likely to get injured. Absolutely. Mm. That is makes sense. It does. It's one of the big motivators. And, you know, my one of my personal goals is to be able to see stretch therapy rolled out, you know, Mm. in every every club room. It Um, should be, shouldn't it? Absolutely. Because so many young people are getting such awful injuries these days. Yes. Um, Netball, football, um, both of two of my children have both had knee reconstructions already and they're only teenagers. Oh, it makes Mm. me want to cry. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Yes, because people don't know how to stretch well. They think, oh, you know, I just hold that position and somehow or other the magic happens. Mm. No, it's it's quite an active process and especially working with the breath and that's where stretch therapy um, is such a fantastic tool. For example, today a, a gentleman joined the class, brand new, um, and I asked him, you know, where in his body is he feeling his restriction? And uh, he told me shoulder and uh, hips. And I said, look, fantastic, we're doing a lot on shoulders today. And then after the class, I, you know, asked him, how do you you know, how did you feel about the class? And he said, I just wish I had found you about 10 years ago oh, yeah. and I wouldn't have these problems I have today. He said, look how well my shoulder's moving now. I mean, there's still wow. more to do, but it is it is effective. Um, Especially if he could notice that after one class. It's like that. That's yeah, amazing. It is. So one of the things that I really love about yoga, and I know you do too because you've mentioned it, is the mind-body connection. Mm. And so uh, I think in recent years, um, scientists are increasingly recognising the powerful connection between our thoughts, um, emotions, our mental health and our physical health. But yoga practitioners have known this for a long time. For thousands of years. Um, (laughs) And I think now, um, even with meditation, there are scientific experiments and proof that it actually has a physical impact on the body. So... Can you talk to us a bit about that and your thoughts about that? Mm, That is absolutely the case. I mean, you even feel it just as I was saying earlier about, you know, taking time out just to be able to breathe deep. And that immediately has effect upon the shoulder position, the rib cage. You feel things soften um, and you feel a little bit more clarity. Um, So that's where yoga has, I think, probably one of the bigger reasons why it's gone so global is because in our fast-paced lives we need something to counterbalance Mm. and that's where yoga absolutely and meditation um, especially has a place Um, yeah yeah and I think the good things about that is people can actually carve out time to do those practices absolutely and even if you're just crazy crazy busy Mm. and I know plenty of people in that category the time you have in your car that the traffic lights is where you can practice that deep breathing or practicing those meditation practices so you look at your day and go okay I have five minutes here or someone's running late for an appointment instead of being bummed about that yeah great I (laughs) have 10 minutes to do some deep breathing to to practice you know my meditation whatever you seize those opportunities and then you really view your day quite differently and also I, I imagine the more you do that 
the more it becomes a habit. And so your overall well-being will improve. This is exactly right. Yeah. And even if you forget, put sticky notes on your yeah. car, you know, traffic lights, breathe, breathe or traffic lights, your meditation, whatever yeah. it might be that you're needing to work on. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great idea. Because mm. I think um, in the modern world, for for so many reasons, we're so busy all the time and mm. it's it can be so overwhelming. It is. And then we're exhausted. Yes. And that's the thing um, that I see a lot as well is that you're so exhausted, you come home and your family need now some energy from you mm. and you've got nothing to give. Yeah. And so it's just cranky town, you know, Yeah, no, I, <laughs> for I, everyone, right? I can relate to that. <laughs> I, I really find that when, you know, you, you come in from the work and you just want to sit down for five minutes and the first thing you hear is, Mom, what's for dinner? <laughs> Exactly. You have to assume this other role yeah. and make a fabulous dinner for everybody. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, you know, that, that needs to be a red flag. It's like, no, I need, I need to change that. And how can I do that? You know, I can't change my work or whatever it might mm. be, but I can change those little periods of time that I get throughout that day. So it is restorative for me. So I do have energy yeah. to be able to give to my family. I actually find for me, one of the things I do is use cooking dinner as that moment. Mm. Like I think, okay, I'm going to chop these onions and I do it. I just do it slowly and try and enjoy it because you can only do that thing at that time. You can't exactly. be chopping onions and doing something else. So yes. I find that helps me. And the other thing that I almost hate to admit it is doing the dishes. I, I remember reading um, once something that said, do the dishes to do the dishes, mm. you know, so just, mm. I mean, I try and get my kids to do them, to be honest, <laughs> but when I actually do them, I think... You know, I just am just going to do these. I'm not going to feel grumpy about it. I'll just do it. Everything will be clean and I'll just try and relax while I'm doing it. Exactly. So I think there are ways. Absolutely. And that's mm. where, you know, um, getting involved in a mindfulness practice mm. helps to remind you of that. Everything that we do, being present for that yeah. moment in what it is that's in front of us and not getting caught up. And this is, you know, learning the workings of the mind. Yes. You know, not getting caught up in what's ahead or what's past, being present for what's here yeah. and now. And, and that, I mean, you hear about that all the time. It's one thing to hear it and it's one thing to do it, Absolutely. I think. And one of my little mantras is do one thing. Mm. So whatever I'm doing at the time, if I'm eating my breakfast, I try not to look at my phone or read something. I just think just eat my breakfast, I think. The rewards are there, yeah. And just mm. being patient with yourself. There'll be da plenty of days where you'll slip up, but you have an awareness and that's yeah. where you start is with the awareness of what your habits are, what are you looking to try to change. Um, have any of your clients inspired you? Probably all of them. <laughs> they, they are because they all present with a different story. Mm. Um, probably one that comes straight to mind is a, a gentleman probably somewhere in his 40s and he presented so tight and locked up to the effect that any small movement would bring on a cramp like oh, it was pretty thing. severe mm. um so i spoke to him at length afterwards to find out what was going on in his life and he told me then that you know and he sleeps for two hours at a time oh, he can't guy. sleep in a bed he sleeps in a recliner and i was like oh my gosh i've never no. come across anyone in such a severe state so um, so he told me that on his first class, so he went away. Um, I was pleased to see him that he'd returned on mm. the second class, especially as he spent half the class in cramp. I thought, this is not going to go well. 
<laughs> exactly. But no, he came back and he was full of beans. And I said, how did you feel after last week? And he said, you know what happened? He said, I slept for six hours. Wow. And for him, that was like giving him the most amazing Christmas present ever. That's amazing. And I was blown away. Yeah. Like, wow, after one class, he said, I am so excited. I, he said, I know I've got a long way to go but I feel like this is what's going to make the difference for me. So thank goodness he found you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Do do you know why he was so tight? Yeah. As I've got to know him, he's been coming uh, to me now for about um, the last six weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, We've, you know, have little chats and I just check in. Um, One of the reasons, because it's always more than just one thing. Mm. One reason is not enough hydration. So good quality hydration. So he was thinking it was okay to drink lots of monster drink and all those those sort of power drinks. And so I really encouraged him to, you know, add more water. And at least before I said, your challenge is (laughs) before stretch class, you know, a couple of hours before, I need you to take on board some water. You know, a couple of good glasses of water would be great great and I said let's just play with this and see what the effect was and sure enough he did the following week and yeah we experienced less cramps so it was like yes high five we're on to this that's fantastic and if he can see that it's working exactly then he's motivated yeah yes oh that's wonderful and it's amazing sometimes that a a simple thing like drinking water yeah can make such a difference exactly yeah Yeah. no it's, it's good Carmel, would you like to talk us through, you've already done one breathing exercise with us, but a couple of other breathing exercises? Yeah, absolutely. I've got a really easy one for you, um, one that I've been doing the last few weeks in my classes, and yeah, people are giving me really lovely feedback on it. So let's start. Yes. Uh, I'd like you to sit back into your chair, make yourself comfortable. So we're letting the spine be nice and long and lengthened, but we're not holding rigid. So I want you to take a slow, deep breath in now through the nose. And a slow, long exhale out through the mouth. Now take a deep breath in, but draw that breath to the front of your lungs. Feel the front of your ribcage expand. And then take a slow exhale. Let's repeat that one more time. Deep breath into the front of your lungs. And a slow exhale. Now take a deep breath into the back of your lungs. Feel the back of your ribs expand. And a slow exhale. Repeating. Deep breath into the back of your lungs. And a slow exhale. Now take a deep breath into the sides of your lungs. And a slow exhale. One more time. Deep breath into the sides of your lungs. And a slow exhale. Now take a full expansive breath, breathing into the front, the back and the sides of your lungs. And then take a slow exhale. One more time. Deep breath in to the front of the lungs, the back and the sides of the lungs. And a slow exhale. Now let your breath return to normal. And just feel the quality of the breath that you can now take in that inhale. Beautiful. How easy is that to do? 
very easy and it's amazing that you can really feel the different areas of your lungs when you focus on it how cool Mm. is that people generally have no idea that you can actually direct the breath and it will affect that particular area you're breathing into and that's one of the key elements that we we use in stretch therapy yeah oh thank you that was wonderful you're welcome finally i like to ask all my guests if you could recommend uh two things that all people could do to improve their well-being what would they be definitely the first one and as i've mentioned uh, you know a couple of well a lot probably during this interview is breathing breathing learning Mm -hmm. to breathe deep and if you feel a little alone on that you know get involved with a, a local yoga class or come along to my stretch therapy classes but that's a, such an important thing. It's with you. You can never forget to pack it. It's always with you, <laughs> yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> but it serves uh, you immensely in helping to reduce stress and tension and letting you be more present, not only for yourself, but for the people around you mm. so that you can operate, you know, on a on a platform that is more even keeled. You're, you're dealing with people in a more compassionate and kind way. And then the second thing is the physicality. So, you know, so important to move. So if you can't get to a class, there's plenty of things online these days. Or just make the time for a workshop. There's lots of great workshops Mm -hmm. around Adelaide. Um, But learn how to move well, you know. So whether it's a simple exercise, if you do spend a lot of time sitting, learn bridge pose. Bridge pose is a fantastic antidote for spending a lot of time, um, you know, in a chair. Um, Again, if you can't get involved in classes, you know, look it up online or try to find a local teacher, yoga teacher that you can get in contact with and have a private class, for example. Get those key elements um, for your stretching program done but you know if you local, if your family cat and dog do it then yeah. come on <laughs> surely we can we can find those few moments yeah, uh, as exactly. well or so. they will pay off in bucket loads i think if yeah, we find them absolutely mm. if people would like to attend one of your stretch or yoga classes where can they find you good question mm-hmm. all right so um they'll find me at fast twitch performance center which is over at klemzig um 270 northeast road it's mm-hmm. a fantastic facility um so whether you're you know looking to become a little stronger we've got some amazing coaches there yeah. um or you're looking to become more flexible um, and that's where the yoga and stretch can come in on board but if you're needing a little bit of of both and most mm-hmm. really most of us do um we've actually got a six week challenge coming up um starting in august Excellent. so um and that all is a very holistic approach which is what we love at, mm-hmm. at fast twitch so addressing you know diet um hydration nutrition um taking you to a supermarket for example and helping you to understand what's on those labels Mm, i think i'm doing that yeah you are you are i thought i'd give that one a plug (laughs) thank you but how to decipher that how do i know Mm. you know are those numbers good for me or not good for me that's Mm. on that label so really educating people to become more more in control more self-empowered um so that they can really rake back that that well-being that you know we're all really entitled to but it's knowing how do I bring that about in body and mind and making the time for yourself to do it yes and I think um the fast twitch challenge what I like about it is as Carmel said it's 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 all encompassing it's Mm -hmm. not just about losing weight for example or you know jumping higher or 
pushing a what is it bench pressing more yes um yes. which a lot of those challenges in gyms are about this mm. is a, a more broad absolutely um, well-being focused one definitely mm. and but also while it's a group thing it's also very individual so we we find out right from the onset what are your goals yeah. what would you like out of this this challenge um and really support you in our amazing network of professionals there so yeah definitely uh get on board with that um we'd love to love to see you in that program so i'll i'll put links to all of that in the show notes but thank you very much for coming on amanda's Wellbeing podcast today carmel my pleasure thank you thank you you can subscribe to amanda's Wellbeing podcast on youtube hit the subscribe button and while you're there click on the bell to be alerted when new episodes are available you can also subscribe on your favorite podcast app iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify or Google Podcasts and you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. Direct links to all social media can be found on the subscribe page of my website at www.amandaswellbeingpodcast.com If you would like to contact me, you can send me a message via the contacts page on my website please feel free to suggest topics you'd like to learn more about or people you'd like to hear interviewed and I'll do my best to deliver that to you. Producing the podcast is a labour of love. We put in a lot of time, money and effort behind the scenes. So if you enjoy Amanda's Wellbeing podcast and would like to make a contribution via Patreon, PayPal or by Amazon, to help ensure that we continue to provide you with excellent content, please visit the Contribute page on my website. Finally, please take a minute to leave a rating on iTunes. It improves visibility and will help me source excellent guests. Thank you for tuning in. Eat well, move well, think well.